You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. from Outposts Unknown. I'm Brooke, and with me are Amber and Megan. Together, we are the Knights of the Rogue Republic. Ladies, how are you doing? Bright suns, Brooke. Bright (laughs) suns to you, too. Although it's actually more Uh, like rising moons this time of the evening when we record, but you know. (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't know. Right now, the weather has been pretty okay yesterday it was kind of looking like hoth because did you all experience that freak hail storm too yes that that came out of nowhere (laughs) and was super cool to watch but also i don't know we're supposed to be in what month now april right Mm -hmm. oh yeah yesterday was april fool's day did you all (laughs) end up Getting any tricks played on you? I hope not. Not with everything going on. Nope. <laughs> no. World's too serious right now. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I don't know. My family still loves pulling a good practical joke. And my dad thought it would be funny to put cling wrap on my door, like cellophane on my door. Uh, so I would walk into it. But he didn't think to try and hide it. So I, I made him super mad because when he wasn't looking, I would crawl underneath the cellophane and just walk out like normal and pretend like nothing had happened. But yeah. Nice. Uh, um, so going back, speaking about the weather, I just wanted to tell you yeah. guys, in case you didn't know, the Star Wars app, for iPhone and Androids has a weather part of it and it'll tell you the temperature and some little like clause about today, for instance, it says it's 53 degrees and feels like Alderaan. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. And when it's like really hot in the summer, it'll tell you that you're on Mustafar. Like, Oh my my goodness. (laughs) It's super cool. How did I not, how did I not know that there was a Star Wars app like this in general? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that either. Yeah, it's I'm pretty learning. cool. Yeah, and when you I click on the temperature, it'll show you, like, the background of the planet that it thinks the weather is like for the day and give you, like, a little tidbit. Like, it says, a nice day for an Alderanian cruise or cruise. <laughs> like, just random. I love it. That's amazing. What? Wait, what else does this app do? Now I'm oh, curious. So many cool things. There's, like, a day in history. There's a countdown for, um, like, coming up, whatever they've decided the countdown is going to be. Usually it's a movie. Sometimes it's celebration. But there's some, like, running countdown. There's also, like, a latest news. There's official videos. There's a tie-in to the Bose AR experience. There's a selfie where you can take a selfie as, like, a character. There's gifts and emojis and stickers and all kinds of things it's pretty cool done done it's downloaded yeah (laughs) yeah i'm downloading it right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's also where you can get the galaxy's edge data pad 
Oh. Mm-hmm. Right there. Like you can connect it. It's all in there. So. I, I feel bad. Last time I was in Galaxy's Edge, uh, I didn't download the data pad, but I totally should have. Uh, it, it looks so cool. All of the interactive parts and playing around with the land. I think that's such an awesome idea to bring you closer into the story. Yeah, definitely. And that app too, you can pick if you are a droid, light side or dark side, and there's sound effects when you're in the app too. It's just, wait, you can, you can be a droid. Yeah. Like the profile changes depending on what side you're choosing. Amazing. All right. So what? Sorry, segue I, totally I, off topic. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. I think right now what we need are super entertaining things that we can segue off of at home. Uh, but what is going on in uh, Star Wars news at the moment? Well, did you guys hear about all of the rumors flowing out about the Mandalorian casting. Like they just keep coming. They they really do. Ashley Eckstein just sat down with the D23 official podcast, which I didn't know that D23 ran a podcast at all, but she sat down with inside Disney to talk uh, clone wars stories and secrets from behind the scenes and I think she's probably clearing up a few rumors as well. Oh. That'll be a good one. Mm-hmm. I would love to have her on this podcast. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> she's such a sweet person. Now, uh, have either of you ever gotten to actually talk to her? Nope. No. <laughs> no? Okay. She has a very good memory like she remembers very particular things about fan meet and greets and i appreciate that about her she seems to really love the star wars universe and the fans in it that's awesome yeah so unfortunately Uh, or maybe fortunately right i think we talked about this a little last week that rosario dawson has potentially been cast as the live action version. And I know a lot of Uh fans are a little, you know, taken aback by that. It won't be Ashley, but a lot of us, I think are looking forward to just live action and are happy that um, with the casting they did choose. So it's no like um, disrespect, right. To Ashley, Mm -hmm. to, to love them both. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, it's in the same right how Mark Hamill plays the Joker in the animated Batman series, but we've never seen Mark. I'm not sure if I could see Mark Hamill as a live action Joker. No, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> so, and it's clearly no offense to Mark Hamill. We right. love Mark Hamill. We love Joaquin Phoenix did an amazing job as the Joker, but it's clearly two different mediums. And, you know, it's okay to have multiple people. Just the fact that with Ahsoka, we haven't seen anyone except Ashley. 
in that role. Right. So an appearance in The Mandalorian, potentially. And then there are rumors swirling about a spinoff. So that could be Oh, I heard that. Yeah. I mean, again, rumors, people. It's not, like, legitimate this way, but... (laughs) Well, if they were to make a spinoff series about Ahsoka Tano, where in her timeline would you like to see that? Well, I mean, we sincerely hope that she's still alive for a long time after we've seen her potentially right in rebels like there's so much time where you could expand on like what she's doing as you know not a jedi now yeah so So many places to go oh yeah megan have you been able to get any further in clone wars yet I have not. I finally get my weekends back. I'm on day nine of working straight. So I'm excited to just tunker down this weekend and I'm hoping to just crank some out. Yeah, but good for you for getting some time off and thank you for what you're doing right now, trying to keep everyone informed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, craziness. So the other most recent casting news was Jamie Lee Curtis. Potentially. Yeah. That came out of left field. Yeah. I was I was watching New Girl with my mom last night. Yes, that's what I'm watching right now too. Yay! Well, did you ever get to the episode of Jess's birthday where everyone gives a birthday message to her? Yes. <laughs> her mom. Because, yeah. Because Jamie Lee Curtis plays uh, Zoe Deschanel's mom on the show, and my mom just freaked out. She's like, wait, what? Uh, who? What What are all of these stars doing on there? So I was going to say it would be a weird casting choice to see her in, but at the same time, I think we've seen Jamie Lee Curtis play so many different roles that it's not too far out of uh, what I could see her doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but who, who on earth would she play or who outside of earth would she play in the Mandalorian? I mean, who knows, right? Like we don't even know anything about the season other than that. Maybe he's going to look for the child's either like species or mm-hmm. the Jedi, right? Like, that's kind of what we're assuming is going to happen. So, it, I mean, she could play, like, a Force user, like an old Jedi. She could... Ooh. I mean, who knows? You know, when you brought up the fact of finding Baby Yoda's species, which I really hope we do, and I hope we find out what the species is called, but for a half second, I thought you were alluding to the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis might be able to play a <laughs> Yoda-like creature, and I was like, ooh, that's... <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> that's probably the one thing I wouldn't want to see her play, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely a Force user, and Playing into her spiky hair, I would like them to do something with that as they shape the character. Yeah. I mean, an alien species even, like, 
she could wear some prosthetics of some kind. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I could see her mostly doing. Yeah, it would be neat. oh, that'd be so cool. Uh, kind of like uh, Kit Fisto. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Oh, so, and then uh, another Terminator cast member, Michael Bien. I don't know how to say his last name. Right? He's rumored to also be playing a character in the oh, season two now, of The Mandalorian. I know only basic things about the Terminator franchise, but I don't know who he played in the Terminator. He played... Um, the original, right, it's the original Terminator. He played John Connor's dad. Is that right? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, he's had some so other roles. So basically, but. yeah. But basically what we're seeing out of The Mandalorian is it is so super successful that all of these celebrities are now rumored being pulled into the series. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, a lot of these rumors are probably pretty legit. Just like with the first season, we just started getting little hints mm-hmm. leading up to, you know, official news about it. And all of those kind of leaks or rumors ahead of time ended up manifesting, you know, except for the big spoiler of the child, right? That they kept really tight under wraps. But a lot of the casting stuff, they kind of leaked it out little bit in the rumor mail first before we found out officially so huh well does anyone know about how much money the mandalorian made i know that it took approximately a hundred million dollars to create but with streaming services it's a little hard to tell because really you make your money back i would assume in subscriptions to disney plus and in merchandising sales, which they didn't hit right off the bat. Yeah, because they had to keep uh, Baby Yoda a secret. So it's like they have to make up for it now. I mean, obviously, like, I went and bought some Baby Yoda merch recently. <laughs> right, <laughs> I, <didn't> know. <laughs> I think we're all buying it. Anytime we see it, we're like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, you're like, give me my money. Take my money. <laughs> That that meme of Fry from Futurama, Futurama shut up yes. and take my money. Exactly. Anything Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. I really like seeing how creative it's made makers. Uh, I know right now Adam Krudinger, um, uh, basically all of the puppet people are making puppet versions or cosplay uh, dolls of Baby Yoda, which have been amazing. Yes, there's like legit animatronic ones. Like it's crazy. People are amazing. Yeah, like uh, Grant Imahara from MythBusters. His version is 100% my favorite, other than the actual Baby Yoda, uh, which that was the animatronic Baby Yoda that was going viral a few weeks oh, ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. And, you know, Baby Yoda has brought in so much love and a lot of money with this Baby Yoda craze. And, you know, it also takes money to keep this podcast going. So on that note, let us break for our commercial. 
you're back. <laughs> Thank you <Stop>. so much. <laughs> Honestly, I could just talk Baby Yoda forever, so. Right, I know. We, could, we need to put that on the agenda for another episode. A deep dive into the child, Baby Yoda. Into <laughs> the child. Okay, question. How do you feel when people call you out like, it's not Baby Yoda, it's the child? Too late. I know. I mean, we, I mean, society already like coined it, right? Before Disney even released anything official about it. So we all know it's not actually Baby Yoda. Yeah. We know. Like, you don't have to tell us. We know this. But it makes perfect sense to call him that. I agree. It just sounds so much nicer. And by the way, do you all think that people like trying to call you out on Baby Yoda and not the child? Uh, I talk a lot about how our fandom can be kind of toxic because we uh, we always want to claim that so-and-so is more of a fan of Star Wars or they know more information. Do you think that it's because people want to call you out on not being a big enough Star Wars fan or is that just all in my head? No, I definitely agree with you. <laughs> They're like, well, actually, it's not Baby Yoda. It's like, well, actually, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. The, it's like the rides versus attractions debate. <laughs> yes, they're attractions, we know, but even Imagineers call them rides. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think some people do that because they're just very serious, right, about facts yeah. and their information and want people to have accurate information. But I can I, I see a lot of it as being just, um, yeah, gatekeepy, and especially around the Baby Yoda stuff because it brought a lot of new fans in, I feel like. A lot of different... Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, oh, for sure. Yeah, just different types of fans or, like, genres of people that normally would not have been or become Star Wars fans. But this show really did, like, draw new people in. And so... I think that's so cool. Uh, there's a meme I saw a little while back of the Trojan horse and... It says, my girlfriend not wanting to learn about Star Wars, and then the Trojan horse says Baby Yoda on it. <laughs> uh, yep, that was a great one. <laughs> Except, hey, it could be the other way around, right? It could be the girlfriend that is the fan, and the Trojan horse is for the boyfriend. Just saying. 100%. So, I, I'm one of the few girl Star Wars fans in my friend group, and... I was texting a friend of mine who, uh, she's very stubborn and I love her, but she's an adamant, not Star Wars fan. And I, I accidentally autocorrected something to Tauntaun. It was supposed to be Soom Soom, but I autocorrected it to Tauntaun and her reply was, what is a Tauntaun? Oh, no. and, and so I just, opened Pandora's box <laughs> for her. I I kind of feel bad, but at the same time, I don't feel bad about that. So 
<laughs> right? If she's going to talk. About, yeah, if she's going to talk about country music to me, I can talk mm-hmm. Star Wars to her. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody opens a little bit of crack in the door and you're like, oh, Star Wars? Yes, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, you know, there being so many facets about Star Wars, this week we decided to focus mostly on the rise of Skywalker and the different facets of the rise of Skywalker. Now, Amber, I know you have been reading the novelization. How did that go? Oh, it was so good. I know I kept messaging you guys like, oh my gosh, this is great. Yes. I know. I need to get a copy now. And I love Star Wars audiobooks, especially because they keep, they put um, music into them and the primary voice actor for a lot of the Star Wars content is so good. And he can, you know, he adapts his voice when he's speaking for a character to try to sound like them. Um, oh, he, wow. He does a, a really hilarious Chewbacca. <laughs> so every time that happens in the book, I just start cracking up. I can't help it. But Amazing. I could never do Chewbacca's voice or speak any sort of Shrewook. So... Uh, it, it comes out more like Perry the Platypus when yeah. I do it. Yeah. I can't even try. I sound like a gorilla or something. It just doesn't work. <laughs> do you remember who uh, does the voice recording for that audiobook? Yes. Hold on. I'm looking. Uh, Mark Thompson. Oh, okay. Yeah. He does a lot of them. A lot of the books. Very good. And he's nice. at a lot of the Comic Cons and stuff. Very friendly guy. Uh, follow him on social media. He's a hoot. I will check him out. Uh, well, how does it differ from the movie? So it doesn't differ a whole lot. It, it does a really good job of kind of sticking with the screenplay, but as all books do, adds a lot more rich content. So you get a lot of inner character dialogue, right? What their thoughts are, what their views are on events that are happening. Um, so that's, of course, amazing. There's a lot more Leia in the novelization. Yeah, a lot of her... We love Leia. Yeah, a lot of her internal dialogue and her thoughts about what's happening. Um, oh. That makes me happy because um, when I was watching, like, the extra features um, of, like, the legacy and everything, they were saying how, like, Force Awakens was, like, Han's story and then Last Jedi, Jedi was Luke's story and that Rise of Skywalker was obviously Leia's story. So that kind of makes oh. me a little bit happier that um, they gave her more yeah, in the novel. There's, there's a lot of um, dialogue between her and Luke. So she's communicating with Luke through the Force almost the entire time. They have like these cute little bantering moments and there's humor, but there's also serious stuff happening. Um, And she, you get a glimpse of, of why she, um, a lot more about how that whole like sacrificing herself, it seemed like for Ben in the, in the movie, Mm -hmm. what that all was about. Um, You know, she talks about how her health has kind of been, not talks about it, but like it's internal monologue, right? of um, how she hasn't been the same since um, she was adrift in space and had to like save herself with the force that she's been weakened almost since then and hasn't fully recovered and has been struggling with being called to the force. Like it's time to pass into what's next kind of deal. And so she's struggling with, 
you know, staying there for the resistance, but then knowing it's going to be time for her to pass on her legacy soon. Yeah. And she specifically. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, when that, uh, when that moment happened, when she was frozen in space, I definitely thought that was going to be mm-hmm. the end of her story. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's a beautiful way to symbolically say goodbye to Princess Leia. But what a badass way to come back. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. One of my favorite moments where she just like, mm, yeah, let me show you how I can use the force too. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But uh, she also talked a lot about, well, not a lot, but, you know, in her dialogue with herself about being concerned about her legacy and passing on her legacy. Cause obviously she knows she's fading away and like, what is she leaving behind? So she talks about leaving her Organa legacy to Poe, right? The resistance, um, kind of that battle for good, how she feels like she's leaving that to Poe. She talks about how uh, she's really working with Ray to leave her Skywalker legacy to Ray. And then talks about how she wants to be able to leave her solo legacy to Ben. Oh, so yeah. does it, I know, dear. So does it talk about uh, a bit more of the ending of Rise of Skywalker when Ray introduces herself as Ray Skywalker? It doesn't, but that's what it alludes to for sure. Is when okay. when when you get these extra moments between her and Ray, and then that kind of internal thought, and her talking to Luke in the Force, you know, about those kind of legacy things. It's mentioned a few times this whole legacy idea. So it did help oh. me process that Ray took the Skywalker name in the end, where initially that was a part of the movie that I, I really did not like. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I really liked that Ray was just her own person and she could be just Ray. Like to me, that was super mm-hmm. powerful. So it was really yeah. hard, really, really hard for me to swallow her just, um, you know, becoming a Skywalker. But yeah, this kind of stuff with being in Leia's head and how Leia perceived it, it did help me kind of process that a little bit better. Okay. And my biggest thing that I heard from the novelization is it talks about the Raylo kiss, uh, which I, I was someone who did not ship Raylo from the beginning. I never really saw that. But when it came down to the kiss in the movie, I was like, well, okay, okay, then I can get on board with that if that's the direction you want to go. But it seems like they were taking it back with the novelization. How did that go? How did that come about? Yeah, I should have wrote down the exact like quote, but you can find it online, right? The snapshot of the book. And when you read the pages leading up to it, And then what happens after that, to me, having read romance novels, like as a girl, my whole life, right, we tend to gravitate toward romances, at least some of us, right? That (laughs) totally, (laughs) to me, read as a romantic kiss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know how other people interpreted that otherwise, but Mm -hmm. I still interpreted what I read as a romantic kiss. And it adds a little bit to that after that, where you kind of wish there was something spoken between them, there is a line in the book after Ben has been quote, like embraced or called by the force and fades away. 
he whispers back to her in the force, I will always be with you. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Seriously. I was bawling. I mean, I bawled anyway during a lot of those parts. Yeah. 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 So I was the like, one, oh my God. So powerful though. And it really seems to harken back to those ultimate themes of hope and friendship. So yeah, that seems awesome. Yeah. Now, Megan... You have been watching behind the scenes. You have it on Blu-ray or digital? Um, I, we that? order through Vudu. Um, oh, it's okay. like a where you can have like all your um, Blu-ray and DVD like digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why how we've been just ordering them from from now on, just because to get rid of clutter and everything. I um, get that. But the, yeah, they had a couple segments. Like I watched one on. Uh, uh, Warwick Davis that played uh, Wicket in Return of the Jedi oh, wow. and he's played like so many other characters within Star Wars like he was in uh, Phantom Menace and um, mm-hmm. in Rogue One and like he pretty much is like in, in a, is a lot of characters and so you know at the end when uh, the Resistance wins and everything and it's showing all the different um, planets and it shows Endor and it has the two Ewoks well of course one is him and the other one is his son in real life and no I just way. yeah I so I was like re- and his name is Harrison and I was like oh my gosh this is beautiful I love it Aww, that's yeah. adorable yeah uh, but did I hear correctly that one time Warwick wore the R2D2 suit in place of Kenny Baker or is that Something I just made up. Um, I know that he's been a droid before. I don't know if he was R2 at one point. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of cute of that. Like, it showed, like, footage from, like, um, Return of the Jedi of, of him. Like, because he was, a, he was just a boy when um, he was Wicket. So it was cute to see him reprise Wicket as a... Uh, someone that started a family and saw that, you know, uh, the good side had won and everything. So I thought that was really cool. Um, there was one about Dio. Um, and did you guys know, I don't know, I, I found this out um, when I watched it, that Dio's voice is J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was like, oh my gosh, it is. And so I was Oh, I yeah. hear it now. Yeah. <laughs> I know that in the uh, Force Awakens, BB-8 is voiced by Bill Hader. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite facts. But that's such an interesting opportunity to be able to place celebrities and people who just want to be... Of course, J.J. Abrams, it's a different case, but uh, place people who want to be in the Star Wars series into these different roles. Mm-hmm. That's so weird and cool and makes me feel that anyone can really be a part of the universe. So, Yeah. And then did you do a rewatch, Brooke, in anticipation of us talking about this? Okay, I tried to. Something in my head was telling me it was available on Disney Plus, 
And so I go to Disney Plus and it's not there. I, some sort of Mandela effect. I'm telling my parents like, no, it's there. I, I promise you it's right there. But alas, it was not. Aww. So what I did instead was a friend of mine that day got it shipped to their house on Blu-ray because they're someone who enjoys collecting the DVDs. And so we kind of had a texting conversation back and forth about specific parts of the film and what it was like to someone who's only seen it like one time around versus someone who's seen it multiple times and recently. So the overall answer to how was the rewatch of Rise of Skywalker was it was still entertaining for the most part, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a good film. So many aspects of the narrative that frustrate me and the film raises more questions than it answers. But at the end of the day, I'm fine with it. It's not one of those Star Wars films I'll rewatch many times, but that's fine enough. There are still some amazing moments that I think are welcoming to the Star Wars saga. Ben's encounter with Han, which, yeah, that was pretty oh, awesome. Yes. I cried so hard. Oh, I still <laughs> I do. Every time I watch that, just ball. Even more so than when Leia passes. Just uh-huh. slays me. I think because we anticipated Princess Leia passing, and it was a very regal princessy goodbye, uh, whereas... Han Solo, we didn't think we would see him at all again. True. True. And it was a weird situation because Han doesn't believe in the Force. He's not a Force user. Mm -hmm. But he is showing up in Ben's imagination. So that, to me, opens up more questions about Ben like what mentally is he going through what does this mean for his own character's growth right Mm -hmm. Uh, I I was kind of expecting during that like scene I was either expecting like uh Anakin's force ghost to be there I really I just really wanted Anakin's force ghost to come I really did like yeah, the, his I, voice was enough, but like, <laughs> I wanted yeah. a force ghost. There was a yeah, lot of people really I, pulling for that, like that that moment would have had Anakin, and it could have easily, I think. But I definitely feel oh for sure reliving that moment from the Force Awakens, but in how it should have been. Like, there's like mm-hmm. that has got to be one of the greatest moments in Star Wars for me. Like, just mm-hmm. that. That manifestation, yeah, of his internal struggle and all, oh God, it just kills me. (laughs) I think uh, Ben's redemption being basically Anakin Redemption 2.0. Or uh, Ben Demption. That was a little tough and I think it was such a stark parallel that it would have been kind of nice to, yeah, have an actual force user such as Anakin come in and say something about it. Whereas, like, when Ben's going through this, 
uh, Ray and his buddies are just standing there looking at him, talking to himself. It's not like, well, I guess Ray could have seen that he was talking to his dad in his mind, but no one else could see what was going on. He was just sort of talking to himself. And that would have been interesting to see from another character's point of view. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, that's, he con- that'd be funny. He continues, there were good scenes, good acting, good music, action scenes, and little moments, but I can't deny the way the story was constructed so poorly. It's not the worst Star Wars, but it's not very high on my list either. So I replied to that, that, uh, yeah, that part with uh, Lando. I love Billy D. Williams, but his story arc, Lando's story arc, in my opinion, should have ended ages ago. He should have... He- Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. He should have what? He should have been at the casino in Last Jedi. That would have made sense. Yeah. That would have been fine. I feel like that would have made Canto Bite watchable. <laughs> if there was just yes. a cameo of of Billy D. Williams sitting there as Lando gambling. What, yeah. What's it, going on? Uh-huh. That would have been hilarious. Um, but he was never a close friend to any of those characters not even han but now that that's han what I, is gone yeah and he made no like comment of it like i when i watched again i was just like you say give my love to leia but like yo han old buddy i guess not <laughs> like what yeah so his only real tie to the series and to the characters we know is through the falcon but i even though i watched solo and i enjoyed that movie i can't see him being that attached to a hunk of junk decades later i i just can't see him so he has a lot more uh, backstory and connection to the characters when you look at um, other media so in books and comics there are a lot more stories that are associated with him and the rebellion and things that have happened um kind of not in cinematic form. But again, what this movie did was it didn't complete everything in the movie, right? So if you didn't know that he had these deeper seated connections in history of the rebellion, it does seem jarring. Same thing with some of the other moments where there's just not enough of the backstory communicated in the movies. So it just seems so disjointed. Okay. So the takeaway from all of this is get into the books and comics and everything else. Well, it's not possible. Like, seriously, I've just been trying to keep up, and I'm an avid reader. I've just been trying to keep up on canon novels since Disney's taken over, and I can't even keep up. So it's not actually, uh, well, some people may be able to do it. But with the graphic novels and the comics and the books, like just those pieces even, it's just impossible. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I get little tidbits here and there of even the books that I haven't read because I'm on some groups that um, are just about Star Wars fans who read the books. So they talk about all kinds of threads. So at least I pick up on essence of things that have happened if I haven't read the books. Um, okay. And I think, again, most of the movies and films stand alone really well. And you don't need to necessarily absorb all that extra content. It just adds more layers to it, right? 
Yeah. Also, I totally don't mean to bash on Rise of Skywalker completely because it was a super fun experience. It was fun watching the movie, but having those other layers of context just makes me, it makes it easier to compare it to Star Wars films that have come before it. Yeah. Well, uh, and I, it's hard. So when Last Jedi came out, right, there was a lot of hate online and with some parts of the fandom. And that was my first experience, like really hardcore getting into the fandom and seeing like, how can you be a fan? How can you be a fan and be so adamantly hateful about something? And I didn't understand it because I've always loved all the Star Wars content that's come out. Solo. I loved Solo. I loved Last Jedi. Until the rise of Skywalker, I really had no perspective on how somebody could dislike something they love. And so this was the first time that I paused and went, oh, my gosh, I could totally see how invested a fan could be where their love for something could become hate, right? Like the whole turn to the dark side. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it, so it really did a lot to like open my eyes and then really think about it. So it took me weeks to like process my feelings about the movie mm-hmm. and then waiting for the book to come out. Cause I know that the books add so much more content for me that I enjoy. So I was like, I'm just going to wait for the book to come out. And then I'm going to watch the movie again. So I hadn't watched it since it had been released until after I finished the book. And then it really did help me when I watched it this weekend, like process okay. those parts that I did not like. Cause I really did not, I hated that she took the Skywalker name. Like I really, yeah. detested yeah. a lot of like, things. Don't be afraid me. of who you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there were some things that just I always, really soured it for me. I didn't hate the movie though. Right. I just, there were parts I right. didn't like. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really liked thinking prior to this. And I think with your context of the book, Amber, uh, it, it makes more sense, but I really liked thinking of Ray as the Spider-Man of the Star Wars series. The idea that it doesn't matter where you come from, uh, it can happen to anyone, but if you are given great power and you have the ability to take that responsibility and do good things with it. Uh, in a similar way that Anakin had that great power. And although he he did eventually redeem himself, it took a while and he did not <laughs> end up using it for good in the beginning. So, I mean, in the middle of his story timelines. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So there were some other interesting things that I wrote down about the book that I'm not sure if you guys do. Um. So it clarifies a little bit more Ray's father. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's been lots of rumors, like how could Palpatine have had a child, right? And it is kind of like yeah. gruesome to think about. <laughs> yeah, but, but what they call him in the book is a genetic strand cast. So this whole time the emperor was cloning, trying to create a way to live forever. Um, so this Ray's father was some sort of altered clone of Palpatine. 
Okay, that kind of makes sense because it it does follow up with kind of what Palpatine wanted all along. The big reason that Anakin descended to the dark side was because he did want to find that way to make people live forever and keep people from dying, but still weird to think about. Yeah. Definitely still kind of creepy, but (laughs) (laughs) it also uh, talks about um, when the emperor died, when he fell down the pit, right? Oh yeah. During Vader's redemption, how did he actually survive? So he had been working on cloning himself and, um, trying to figure out a way to project his consciousness into another body. So it hadn't been completely um, like finished or perfected by the time of his death, but he was able to project his consciousness into a clone. The reason Weird. he's so deteriorated is because none of the clones can actually hold enough of his consciousness it's just some, there's some weird, definitely dark Sith magic stuff happening there. But I mean, it is just interesting. Um, yeah, it, it's weird, but also the direction that they took with the force in Rise of Skywalker in general is just like, okay, I'll accept it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll believe it. <laughs> yeah. And there's some hints to like the cloning and stuff in other things like the Clone Wars Um, that the emperor had these secret projects and in some books and comics, you know, those things have been hinted at. So it's very plausible with the other kind of canon material we have. Um, It's it's also interesting. I'm I'm wondering if that'll tie in a little bit to baby Yoda. And that's why he's being (gasps) sought after so much was that maybe the emperor was trying to get better, like material to use for cloning that could hold the power of the force. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to see if that plays out in some way, like ties in. What if it is just a clone of Yoda or Yaddle? We don't know at this point, but I would assume that it would be a Yoda clone. I mean, that would be really weird. That would be even more I'll weird. Be <laughs> that would just be it, baby Yoda, just like weird. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm all for girls and representation in Star Wars, clearly, but um, Yaddle with her brown ponytail was just <laughs> really creepy to me. And is it just me, or did they make her lips, like, more voluptuous yeah. as well? Mm-hmm. And, like, kind of tinted. <laughs> yeah, that just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, man. And... Uh, as far as merch goes, uh, we have on the list, take my credits. Um, <laughs> did I hear that someone ordered some new shoes? Yes, I ordered some shoes because they were on super sale. <laughs> hey, love sale. They're these really cool uh, slip-ons from Tom's that uh, I think that has like the Millennium Falcon and an X-Wing and a couple other things, I think. I don't know. They're they're. I'm excited to get them. Hopefully on Saturday. That's so cool. Uh, and Amber, I know you have some Star Wars shoes as well, right? I have too many, and it keeps growing. <laughs> I have a weakness for wearable merch. 
bad. Yeah. So like, I don't have room to collect things like collectibles, like pops or anything like that. Really, like I have a limited ability to collect items, but man, I could wear the crap out of some stuff. So <laughs> I have three pairs of Star Wars shoes, two pairs of Toms. I have the, uh, they're like black, uh, they look like comic book kind of scenes, black and white of the Death Star being destroyed. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. And they're so comfortable. They're my first pair of Toms ever that my friend Jen got for me. And I, I love Toms now. They're so comfy. Tom, so then, Yeah, Toms are the best. <laughs> yeah. They so really are. When they had a big sale, I then broke down and bought the leather Chewbacca ones. Those are the ones I saw you in last time. Yeah, they have the little embossed Chewbacca and Millennium Falcon on the top of them. And then another company had a really big sale. (laughs) Incas. Now's the time for sales. Yeah. And buying things online. Yeah. So Incas does like tennis shoes and boots and stuff. And um, they have a Star Wars line as well. They have some really beautiful Leia boots that I would like, but they're very expensive still. They weren't on sale. So I got some Chewbacca running shoes. They're also very comfortable so far. They're like uh, laceless. They use elastic to stay on. Um, So those are kind of cool too. I'm saving up for um, the Pozu Ray boots. So Pozu has um, license for a lot of the boots that are really cosplay oriented, very, um, you know, picture perfect. So they have Ray's, all of Ray's boots, but they're expensive. They come from the UK. They're like $140. Oh. Um, Yeah. So that's on like my wish list, my dream list to get some actual Ray boots. I get that. I still have not created a really nice uh, Star Wars in-universe cosplay yet. And so I've been looking at the kinds of boots that people order and it shoes are just a whole different game in the cosplay community. It's hard to find those things or not, or find them that are reasonably priced. (laughs) Amen to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really have any star Wars shoes at all. Now that I think about it, I have, uh, sparkly high tops and I always just sort of wear those as my go-to galaxy look but they are definitely not in the universe and definitely have nothing to do with Star Wars they're just fun I've uh, seen my, some really cool uh, like fan art that people have just bought like plain white canvas shoes and then painted their own like Star Wars themed shoes well, with like I wish I was talented I know here's, I'm not either, but that's a, it's a cool here's idea. Think about that. I can paint, but, and I have painted shoes before, but I'm so self-critical of my own work and knowing that I would have to wear my own work and look at it all the time. And I would have to spend money on nice shoes that I would paint over. I, I'm always really dubious about that. Like, cool, you all have these awesome, amazing painted sneakers. Um, I'm not sure if I want to dive in and do that. <laughs> so maybe one day I'll do that. Uh, what I've really been looking at right now is the the droids that you can make in Galaxy's Edge. They come 
very standard. They're super cute. I have one sitting right next to me, uh, our 3B5, but they, they look kind of plasticky because they're mass produced. And I've been looking at droid collectors who custom paint their droids. And so for me, if I were to spend money on something silly in Star Wars, I think right now it would be to have my droid custom painted. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Well. So I think we're almost out of time. We try to stick close to an hour, right? So yeah, at we did. this point, we would love to hear from fans on what kind of topics you would like us to cover. So please shoot us a message, comment on our posts on Instagram, Facebook, any of those spots, because we want to hear from you. We want to talk about content that um, you would like to learn more about. Yeah, we're here for you all. Uh, and our locator beacons, where can you find all of us? Well, firstly, uh, we are a part of the Dcast podcast, the official podcast of the Diz Insider. So you can always check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram under the Dcast podcast. Uh, I am at Pink Sparkle Tutu, that's T-U-T-U, on Instagram. And ladies. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you're, you're good. You're good. Uh, mine is Magpie7196. And I am Amber Atin Cosplay on both Facebook and Instagram. At some point, we'll get down to the beats. It's hard to like try and chew everyone or know when to speak or when not to speak when you can't see them yeah exactly it's like so <laughs> when you're in the round circle we can look at each other like you go yeah <laughs> no, you go are you talking first am i talking first <laughs> exactly soon soon we will get back to that but until then everyone stay safe at home keep washing your hands keep uh being thankful for all of these amazing essential workers out there doing their jobs right now. And may the force yeah. be with you. <laughs> <laughs> may the force be with you. 